What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. And for a lot more Cowboys content, make sure you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. We've got daily new articles up there on the website. And this is Primetime, as always, presented to you by none other than Freeman Mazda. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in just a few seconds here, uh, in just a little bit. But before we do any of that, we'll talk about some surprise cuts tonight. We'll talk about uh, some potential surprise cuts, excuse me. Uh, Some players that a few weeks ago or even right now would appear to be roster locks for many, but that they could end up, you know, without a roster spot when the time comes here in a few weeks after the preseason is over. We will also, uh, you know, round up uh, a little bit of the the latest updates out of Oxnard in training camp, and we will look forward into week three and point out some storylines to keep an eye on uh, here in the in the upcoming days. So shout out to you guys over at uh, YouTube. We've got Kevin Knight. We've got some audience here on Facebook as well. We've got Kenneth on the show. We've got Toxic Tom. Uh, Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Robert Chuk, as well. Thank you guys for being here. And no, just a little bit of a spoiler alert. Biggest questions, will the field goal kickers be one of them, says Guru. Well, not among those on the surprise cuts candidates that we will talk about here in a few moments here. But we will talk about them on the updates segment of this show. So... Let's get into it right away because number one on this list is a guy that's made the team multiple years uh, consecutively. He's a guy that's among the special teams leaders of the Dallas Cowboys. The question from me to you in the chat is, does CJ Goodwin make the roster or does he miss the 53-man roster? Do me a favor. Let me know what your answer is on the Facebook chat and the YouTube chat. Let me know what your take on this thing is. Does CJ Goodwin make or miss the 53-man roster? And while you do that, and before I give you my official answer, let's talk about our guys over at Freeman Mazda because they are back here on primetime. Shout out to them, bringing you this show, making it possible. And we will talk about the ride of the week here that this time around is the Mazda CX-30. Premium. We're going with the premium version now. It comes with all-wheel drive, memory cushions, heated seats, adaptive cruise control, which is insane. It just judges the relative speed and distance of the car that's ahead of you, and it automatically controls your own vehicle speed. Uh, you know, technology just continues to amaze me. Wi-Fi hotspot. It's it's got a sunroof and miles per gallon. It goes to 24 in the city goes all the way up to 31 in the highway. Make sure you check out the Mazda CX-30 Premium over at FreemanMazda.net. And remember, when you choose Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your dealer. So go ahead and do that after the show, FreemanMazda.net. Check it out. And let's see some of your answers here so far on CJ Goodwin. Back to the show. Does CJ Goodwin make or miss the roster? Swain goes with make. Bruce, however, with a miss. Mickey Cox says that he will make it. Kevin Knight says that he will miss it. The same for Kenneth Gregory. 
We've got our new special teams ace, Kelvin Josephs, his toxic Tom, big part of this conversation. So, you know, we are all more or less on the same page now. Carl also goes with Miss. Mike Rizzo says that he will make it. Now, I think that he will actually miss out on the 53-man roster. You know, CJ Goodwin is a little bit of a, in a little bit of a tough spot right now because there are some special teamers rising up like Nashawn Wright. You've got Dayron Blunt, Kelvin Joseph. These are three cornerbacks because, you know, you can talk about CJ Goodwin not being a cornerback and him being a full-time special teamer. But when you've got cornerbacks that can also play on special teams and the coaching staff has talked about Kelvin Joseph earning a role on special teams, which is maybe kind of a knock on the guy when you were hoping for him to be a starting outside cornerback for your team. But, you know, I digress. These guys can play on special teams and they also provide some depth for you at cornerback, which CJ Goodwin, frankly, does not. And the coaching staff has talked about this before. I believe CJ Goodwin himself has mentioned that he is not here to play a cornerback. And it's gotten to the point in which you got to look at some other potential full-time special teamers making it to the team. And you got to wonder how many of them can you carry on the 53-man roster. You've got guys like even Ryan Nall, the fullback, who could end up making the team after the Cowboys cut Nick Ralston. You've got Devin Harper, the linebacker, another potential roster member. If he ends up surprising in special teams as well, even at wide receiver, plenty of these guys could end up making it with the prospects of playing for John Fassel's unit and Cavante Turpin. And, you know, John Fassel has talked about Cavante Turpin as if he were his guy. And for a long time, CJ Goodwin has been Fassel's guy. And you've got to wonder how many of those is he going to be allowed to have on the team? I don't mean to say that, you know, Turpin and Goodwin would have the same roles because they will likely not have those same assignments. But you got to wonder how safe is, is uh, Goodwin's job here because the Cowboys, you know, just try to get a head count at cornerback. You've got your starting three, uh, Anthony Brown, Trayvon Dix, Jordan Lewis. And then out of these three that we've got here on the screen, Sean Wright, De'Ron Bland, the rookie, and Kelvin Joseph. It's tough to assume that one of these three is not going to make it. I believe they all are going to. Plus, you might be tempted to go long at safety. If you get, you know, if you continue to get these performances by Marquise Bell in practice as well. So it's a tough spot to be in for CJ Goodwin. I will go with Miss. For the question, I think that CJ Goodwin ends up missing the 53 the man roster, which would also kind of suck because he's a heck of a player, man. And, and I believe Cowboys Nation will end up going, uh, you know, missing him a little bit. Now, Guru here says Bones Fassel is going to have a strong say on special team guys. And I agree. And I agree. But at the end of the day, how many of those? Like, you know, coaching, among coaching staffs, you've got like certain rights. You can ask for players, but you cannot ask for every one of them. And I do believe that Turpin has become kind of uh, Fassel's guy here, even though they're very different players. 
But one of the things that we have taken away from the most recent days here in training camp is the fact that this coaching staff really likes Kevontae Turpin. And I, I even had a segment about this topic recently, last week, when I said, you know what, I think that I was wrong about Turpin. Because when he came in and he weighed, weighed in at 155 pounds and, you know, he had no NFL experience, even though he was out of college for four years, you kind of assumed that he was a long shot to make the team. But you listen to Fassel saying that he he's his guy since 2018. He's been on his radar since then. You listen to Kellen Moore mentioning that Turpin will have a role on offense. I don't know. It sounds like this coaching staff is completely sold on the former USFL MVP. So I will say that Goodwin ends up missing out on the roster. And I agree with Toxic Tom here. I am going to miss him. Uh, that Atlanta game displayed what he brings to the table, says Toxic Tom. He is a beast. And, you know, the Cowboys special teams have improved over the past couple of years under John Fassel, and Goodwin has been a huge part of it. In the last couple of years, he's been either number one or number two on special team snaps. Try to guess who the other player at number one has been. That was, try to guess it. I'll give you three seconds here. Linebacker, Luke Gifford. That was the other guy among those leaders on special teams. Another player that is very likely to be a roster lock, honestly. So that was number one. That was CJ Goodwin on my list. And then at number two, and shout out to the Pick Six Sports team over there on, on YouTube and Twitter spaces. Shout out to Nick. Shout out to Matt Owen. Because this next part is actually inspired by a conversation that we had on Friday night. They invited me over to their show, had a lot of fun talking Cowboys football with them. And one of the debates that, you know, was thrown out there was all about defensive tackles. And the question, someone posed the question on the comments, actually, about how many one techniques were the Cowboys going to carry on the team? And the question was pretty much, is there a way in which Quinton Vohana and John Ridgeway both make it into the 53-man roster? And we went around the table. We kind of, uh, each of us gave our answer, gave our opinion on this. And my opinion is that there is, you know, little opportunity, in my opinion, for both of them to make it. And I don't think that a lot of people are betting on Quinton to, to be a roster lock. He might make it, but I believe that Cowboys Nation is pretty aware that he might not. I'm not sure if that's the case for John Ridgeway. So at number two, I do have defensive lineman John Ridgeway. Now, important note, this is not me saying that he will get cut. This is me saying that he could be a potential surprise cut for the Dallas Cowboys. The reason why is that I believe the Cowboys are likely to go just a little bit short on inside defensive linemen because the Cowboys have a lot of defensive ends that are versatile enough to also play on the inside a little bit there. Like I'm thinking about Chauncey Goldston. I'm thinking about, you know, Sam Williams, the second round rookie for the Cowboys. And as such, it does seem that it will come down to me. It will come down to that battle between Quinton and John. 
And I believe that right now, Ridgeway is ahead of that battle, you know, with him being a, a draft pick from this year's class and everything. But I will also say that, you know, there's still a lot left in Cowboys training camp in order for Quinton Mohana to, to turn things around a little bit there. And if Quinton ends up winning that battle, I don't think the Cowboys carry the two of their nose tackles. I think only one of them will stay on the team. And I believe that there is still time left on this preseason for Quinton to turn it around. Today, though, I do believe that John Ridgeway has this light edge. Now, let me know in the comments what your take on this whole thing is. Who makes the roster? Now, four possible answers for you. Will it be Wuhana? Will it be Ridgeway? Neither or both. And Toxic Tom here is actually kind of, you know, saying what I'm trying to say, and I appreciate it. He says, I think that Watkins is better than both Bohana and Richway. Part of my whole theory, and we did it with the cornerback, so we'll, did it again, we'll do it again with the defensive lineman, is try to get a head count on these guys. So starting at defensive end, because this, this is important because some of these ends can play tackle as well. You've got D-Law, Fowler, Armstrong, Williams, and Goldston. I believe those five are locks. Terrell Vashem might be in there as well, but he might not. And then on the inside, and we're at five defensive linemen already, I believe it's Oza, Gallimore, so we're at seven. I believe Tristan Hill is close to being a lock, and I tweeted this earlier, but it seems to me like Cowboys Nation is eternally lower on Hill than the front office and the coaching staff. But, you know, who knows? I believe Carlos Watkins makes it. So we are already at nine. And it's tough to carry 10 defensive linemen. So I will go with I will go with only one between Bohana and John Ridgeway. And if Quinton ends up winning that battle, I can see the Cowboys just moving on with one of them. Watkins can play one technique. He did it last year, actually, for Dallas, even though he's not your traditional nose. And Gallimore could also end up playing some one technique, which was part of our conversation last Friday in that pick six sports segment that, that, that I was mentioning, uh, because Gallimore has bulked up a little bit. And, you know, people have said that in training camp, he's having a little bit of uh, participation as a one tech as well. So who makes the roster? Bohana, Richway, neither or both. Here are your answers. Kevin Knight says that Bohana will be out. Mickey Cox says that Richway makes it. Rex Morgan says that both make it. Uh, Bruce as well. Neither, says Toxic Tom. Watkins wins it out. Now, Professor O had the theory that, you know, maybe neither of them makes it. I think that's a little bit too much. I just cannot get on that both. I think that one of these one techniques will make it because I agree with the fact that the Cowboys know that their run defense was a big time problem. And that's why they went ahead and they got themselves a nose tackle. I think one of them makes it. Uh, Kenneth Fraser says that neither. Uh, Toxic Tom says, I see Goldston playing into this decision as well. I think that Goldston, Sam Williams, Joey Bella says that Ryan Nall will make it. There you go. Loke says that if Ridgeway is cut, he will be a, on another team the next day. He might. Now, there's also this golden rule 
that I do like to bring up pretty much every year around this time. Every fan base seems to be convinced that any player that is cut will be poached by someone else around the league. And sometimes it isn't the case. I don't know about Ridgeway, honestly, because for some teams, maybe he was a steal in the fifth round. But, you know, he did make it until the fifth round. So I, I also can see this scenario in which the Cowboys do get to keep him in the practice squad. This happens. This is like, this is like trade compensation. We usually think that the compensation for a player will be higher than it actually is. And we usually think that any player that our team cuts ends up getting poached immediately by someone else. And not necessarily. Not saying that it wouldn't be the case with Ridgeway. But, you know, something to watch out for, I guess. The Quinton-Ridgeway battle is not over. It definitely is not over yet. And the Cowboys might just keep one of them. So potential surprise cut candidate number two was John Ridgeway. And then moving on to number three. And I will say this right now. I will say this right now. I love you guys. Thank you for supporting the show. But this is not really a democracy here in primetime. So every once in a while, I will take the liberty of cheating a little bit. And that is what, what, I, what I did for, for this number three slot on the list. I'm sorry. I apologize. But I did cheat. So you will hate me a little bit for this. But at number three, I went with two players. So pretty much this is a training camp battle to watch to me. And whoever loses it is a surprise cut candidate. And I am talking about the wide receivers here. I am talking about Simi Fihoko and TJ Basher. And some of you might say, well, that's not really a surprise because we all know they're in the roster bubble. But here is what I mean. I didn't expect a few weeks ago that Cavante Turpin would appear to be a roster lock just based on the coach's comments and the front office comments. And I also didn't expect Dennis Houston's rise. We've heard about Dennis Houston in the spring. We all heard about his performances in OTAs, in minicamp. But, you know, now it's gotten real. Now the pads are on and Dennis Houston is out there running with the ones. And you've got Dak Prescott sponsoring him because it does sound like he is sponsoring the guy. You listen to him in the press conferences. He joined San Antonio's uh, The Blitz, a sports star, The Blitz show, uh, which is a radio show with Jason Minix. And Prescott is high on, on Dennis Houston and he's praising his play. We talked about this on Thursday. And right now, the wide receiver room, and we're doing a lot of head counts tonight. But just, you've got CeeDee Lamb, Noah Brown, who's also had a, a strong camp so far and whose experience helps him a lot in this roster battle. Jalen Tolbert, Turpin. And if Houston ends up above these two, then whoever loses the Fihoko Vasher battle will end up being expendable, right? We'll end up getting cut unless the Cowboys are willing to head into the season with seven wide receivers which to me sounds unlikely. And it's, you know, a surprise that the USFL MVP has risen so quickly, at least in the coaching staff size, judging by their comments. But one of these two is likely, in my opinion, to end up cut. Let me see your comments on this. 
Mickey says that we keep Simi and Houston. I will say that right now, even though I believe it is far from over, I mean, we've got uh, Towel here saying about a week away from preseason. Like, preseason has not even started yet. So keep that in mind. But right now, I lean towards Fihoko winning out between these two. Guru says, six wide receiver roster, Lamp, Gallup, Tolbert, Houston, Turpin, and Brown. There you go. There you go. That's six. Now, that's important from Guru right there. What if the Cowboys decide to keep Gallup in the opening roster, you know, and don't even send him to short-term IR or anything like that? What if they are really expecting him to be back for a week three, for example? That complicates matters a little bit more. Let's see. Basher, I think, will be gone to 7-Eleven. Uh, let's see. Will Fuller coming too, says Samuel. That is right. This is all before the possibility of the Cowboys adding a veteran free agent. So, you know, Gallup, an outside free agent, all of those are important variables that will likely keep at least one of these guys outside of the roster. Diggs defense says IR, he will miss four games, but we don't know it yet. And there are some reports out there that, you know, like Todd Arkers, that Gallup will only miss two games, right? Now, conservative Cowboy regarding, uh, you know, the John Ridgeway portion of the show does bring up a good point. It is unlikely because the Cowboys don't cut a lot of drafted players. They have before. But practice squad at minimum. Now, practice squad, uh, you know, I do count it as getting cut because they will kind of get cut and then sign to the practice squad. So, but I agree with that. If, if Ridgeway ends up getting cut, he will 100% be, they will try to bring him back into the practice squad. So those are my three. Those are my three surprise cut candidates. Uh, some, some players to watch out for over the next few weeks here as we enter the preseason. Because next, what is it? Next Saturday, is it? The Cowboys are playing. Is it 13th a Saturday? I have not looked at my calendar a lot, but it is. It is. Saturday the 13th, the Cowboys will have their first preseason game. And we are sickos. And we will enjoy it, even though it's not, it's not uh, regular season uh, football. Thank you to Toxic Tom that says, good list, Mo. Thank you for that. Uh, what is up, everyone? Welcome into the show. Ridgeway over Bohana, says El Matic. Right now, I agree. I am just open to the possibility of things changing over the next few weeks here, both in Oxnard and in the actual preseason games. But anyways, that's it for the list. That's list for the for the list. Uh, before we get into the Oxnard updates, though, shout out to Matthew Villegas here. Uh, thank you for your comment and your donation. Matthew says, hey, Mauricio, will Dak have more big boy throws down the field this season? We'd like to see more, especially to CD Lamb. So I have always been a supporter of Dak. I objectively believe that he's quite a good quarterback. And I do think he makes a lot of these big boy throws, right? I would hope that the Cowboys try to get a little bit more vertical, try to get a little bit more creative with the routes that they use, maybe try to lower the amount of stop routes that they use because that was one of the most frustrating things for me 
about the 2021 Cowboys offense, the amount of stop routes. I would like to see, you know, CeeDee Lamb do a little bit more of that, like Matthew is saying here. My gut feeling is that, yes, we will see a way better season from Dak, especially if we expect him to be healthy for most of the season, because that could have limited him a lot if he was dealing with that calf injury in the second half of the season definitely limits his level of play. So short answer is yes, Matthew, but also I don't expect this to become a Kansas City Chiefs kind of offense or a Bengals kind of offense in which you had plenty of isolated go routes headed Jamar Chase's way. I don't think we will see that as much, but I think we'll see more big time throws from Dak Prescott, hopefully. Uh, Parsons Diggs defense here says, I say Dak will have more big boy runs like he had in past years now that he seems healthy. Hopefully, hopefully. Now, I am not expecting the Cowboys to get a lot of these signed runs thrown Dak Prescott's way, even though I would secretly like them. I know that some people will worry about the injuries and all of that, but I would love to see. You know what I would love to see specifically? Some goal line read option plays. Kind of like what the Seahawks did with Russell Wilson. And they did it unlike any other team in the NFL. They were among the teams that attempted the most read options in goal line situations. And as such, you know, Russell Wilson was out there racking up rushing touchdowns for, for a while there or over an extended period of time. And I would love to see that because I think that that would work a lot for the Cowboys. I'm not sure that they will, but if he needs to scramble, I also believe that we will see a better version of Dak Prescott's legs this time around. But anyways, moving on here a little bit on the show, we need to look at some of the updates from the weekend because, you know, last time that we had primetime was on Thursday night. So a little bit of updates here from Friday, from uh, Saturday as well. I have three of them, so we'll go by them really quickly. Defensive domination is number one. It, you know, the Cowboys defensive identity continues to grow as they are out there making plays. And I'm talking about D-Law. I'm talking about Micah Parsons dominating turn steal. Jaron Kears getting another pick six, uh, you know, on a tip drill that you had Leighton Banderish tip the football and then Jaron Kears ends up getting it. Uh, Trayvon Diggs with a strong day as well. Anthony Brown. We're seeing the Cowboys defense beat the Cowboys offense in Oxnard. And you got to love that. Now, a lot has been made about Dan Quinn's second year in Dallas. A lot has been made about the talent on the team. And, you know, it's, it's, it's Oxnard. It's not the real thing yet, but it does sound exciting. And some of the hype has to be real. Will this be a historic defense? Will this be a legion of boom? Probably not. But this will, be a, this will be a good defense. I am buying into the hype of the Cowboys' defensive domination out there in Oxnard. Now, that's number one. Number two, the kicking nightmare continues. This time around, Jonathan Garibay went 4 for 9 in field goal attempts. In the latest practice, it's gotten ugly because the problem is that the inconsistency has been from everywhere. Uh, wherever he's lined up, uh, sometimes it's short, sometimes it's wide right, sometimes it's wide left. So Gary Vai's out there going through some struggles. Lirim Hairulahu is the favorite to win the starting job right now at kicker for Dallas. But even Lirim 
is not that promising because he's had some misses as well. He's been inconsistent and he doesn't have a lot of experience in the NFL. So the nightmare continues at a kicker. And last week I talked about it not being time yet for panic, but at least as far as Jonathan is go is concerned, I am panicking right now. And number three, Noah. Noah Brown killing it. Uh, he had a very strong Saturday. Noah Brown is out there making a case to legitimately be the number three wide receiver of this offense. That might sound crazy for some of you guys, but, you know, he is the only one not named CeeDee Lamb that has any kind of NFL experience. And people have pointed out recently on Twitter that we do forget, and I am guilty of this, I will admit to that, the guy is 26 years old still. He's still 26 years old. So there's some upside there, even though he's been in Dallas for a long, long time as a pro now. But watch out for Noah Brown. They, they're asking him to do actual receiver things beyond run blocking. And he is making the most out of the opportunity that he's receiving. So Noah Brown, shout out to him. And he does sound, it does sound like he's doing some stuff. Bruce says that I heard that Noah was taking notes from Coop all these years. Hey, maybe, maybe. Uh, Eliasar says that uh, Michael Bagley has been my potential option for a new kicker. And we had a deep dive into these free agents uh, here on the show last week. The thing about Bagley, the thing that I am concerned about is the fact that, you know, he did have that 73% season in 2020. And he has not been any good in the long range. Two for eight in attempts over 50 yards. I'm, I'm not a fan of that. But at this point, just bring in anybody and get some competition going with Lirium, right? Because it doesn't seem like Jonathan is providing much of a competition so far. And it sucks. I will tell you, as a, as a, as a fan from Mexico, I want to see Garibay go out there and kill it because he is, you know, uh, Mexican because his parents are Mexican and by law, he is Mexican and he speaks Spanish. He's very close to Mexican culture. I would love to see Jonathan kill it. But so far, that's not been the case really for the Texas Tech prospect. Now, moving on, and I have a question for you guys here in the chat as well. Who have you got your eye on heading into next week? Who do you want to see step up in week three of training camp? I believe we're heading into the 10th practice in Oxnard. So who is one player that you are keeping a very close eye on? Someone that you think will step up or someone that maybe you think uh, has not done enough and you want, to, you want him to take the next step? Let me know in the comments on Facebook, on YouTube. It can be your pet cat. It can be someone you are doubting, whoever you want it to be. We've got some early answers here. Nick says, steal. Samuel says, Will Fuller. I see what you did there, Sam. I, I see what you did there. Uh, Toxic Tom, Kelvin Joseph. Greedy says, Sam Williams. Kevin Knight also goes with Williams and adds Dante Fowler to the equation. 7-11 goes with Fowler as well. Here are my three. I've got three uh, for you. Three things that I am watching out for in week three of training camp. I've got Jake Ferguson's comeback. It sounds like he's close. He was on pads last time around. So we might see him 
reincorporated to the Cowboys offense. I, I am looking forward to see how the rookie does in pads. I want to see more from him. I want to see the receivers rotation, just overall, who's number three, who's number four, how much is Dennis Houston playing with the ones? What about Simifelko and TJ Vasher? Just try to get some clarity at wide receiver and as to why the Cowboys or who are the players that are making the Cowboys front office this confident in their, quote unquote, their guys, right? And Terrence Steele and Josh Ball. Now, of course, these two are in separate categories, but I want to see Terrence Steele have a little bit of a, you know, more positive clips out there because it does seem like Parsons is getting the best of him so far. And we're limited. Uh, our exposure to, to these plays are limited because there are only so many clips out there. You cannot get to see the, the, the full practice session. But I want to see just a few more reps from Terence Seal. I want to see him look a little bit better versus Parsons and versus Lawrence. Now, granted, he is going up against some of the best in the business. But let me see him win some of these reps more, more consistently. And then Josh Ball. Because there are some reports out there on Josh Ball kind of disappearing after the pads came on. Bobby Belt said that on Twitter. Calvin Watkins tweeted out that we need to see more from Josh Ball. And that's concerning. That's concerning AF with Matt Oletsko out with a shoulder injury. Because, man, oh, man, who are we going to see in the preseason? How are those offensive lines going to look like? And don't tell me that, you know, every team has bad backups and all of that. But the Cowboys situation in terms of depth at offensive line is concerning. Your one swing tackle pretty much is Josh Bolt. And he's not having the best of training camps so far, according to reports from Oxnard. I don't know if the centers have had a, a strong camp either. Many people were very high on Alec Lindstrom as the undrafted free agent and Matt Farnett was supposed to be competing for the starting job, according to the Cowboys front office. And I'm not saying that it hasn't happened. I'm saying that we have not heard about it as much as I thought we would be hearing about it. I am looking forward to seeing who lines up an offensive line in August. Let's see. Let's see. Mickey says Tyler and McGovern will start in the preseason. I, I would assume so. Guru says, who are the other backup offensive tackles with Matt Walliot? Pretty much it's, it's, it's Josh Ball and Aviante Collins. And it doesn't sound like Collins is having a strong camp either. Calvin Watkins also put him among those players that we need to see a better camp out of. Doesn't sound like the Cowboys are content with their with their offensive tackles i think i think they bring somebody in honestly i think they bring back somebody uh from from free agency let's see here let's see bring back chaz green says toxic tom man you did not say that toxic tom though you did not say that joey says that Catboy needs to bring in someone for offense Lunatic says that we need a Primero Cowboys t-shirt giveaway. For those of you who don't know, I host a, a show called Primero Cowboys, which is 100% en español. And it's fun. Uh, and people like the t-shirt. So maybe we do one of, one of those. Let's see. You know, there are some out there. 
uh, there are some free agents out there that the Cowboys could be interested in. You, you will not feel super confident about the whole thing. I believe that Daryl Williams has already been signed. Williams was one that I liked for the Cowboys. We even had a show about this earlier in the season. Just bring somebody that provides some competition, right? Those are some of the players that I am looking forward to seeing in week three of training camp. And as always, we will be here live. We will be here live every day from Sunday through Thursday, 8 p.m. Central to cover training camp. So make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the stream. If you are watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, subscribe to ADC Sports Dallas. You get Skywalker Steel in the mornings. You get myself at night. Uh, Skywalker Steel, by the way, is out there in Oxnard. He is out there in training camp. So stay tuned because I am sure that he will bring some fire content to the channel. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hit the like button. This was ADC Sports Dallas Primetime presented by FreemanMazda.net. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, and I will see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. Have a great start to your week. See you tomorrow.